0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Perreno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's
1: Conference. Hi there, and welcome to our second episode in our new series this month called What's Your Story? As Deb and I have been sharing back and forth, preparing for this month, it's really interesting. And honestly, it's brought me a lot of joy reflecting back on my story, how God has been writing, is writing each chapter in my life. And and we pray that that is exactly what happens for you, that as you really reflect on the story that God is writing in your life this month, that you will be able to see so clearly the way his hand has led you, protected you, kept you and really created this amazing story for you to live out and then speak out in order to share the way god has held you through the whole thing the whole time today we are in a chapter that we are calling our second episode we're calling it rising action now if you're somebody who remembers back to elementary school and plotting out stories on a storyline or in a storyboard and that was hard for me I was not a very good English student and I remember the struggle of using a storyboard and trying to plot out trying to figure out where all the climbing action was coming to a head in order for the falling action to begin you know if you don't remember back that far it was a long time ago I honestly had to look it up recently to kind of refresh my mind but there is something that is very ordered to a story there is something that is very specific there is something that is very led or guided on each story that we read or that we write and honestly if it wasn't that way we probably would pick up a book and put it right back down because each story has to follow a specific guideline uh, in the way a story is told in order for it to be a book Uh, that people will read and that's what God's doing in our life right he is creating a story that other people will desire to read and that story leads us to him as we reflect today on rising action the chapters that we don't necessarily want to go through or we dread having to go through or maybe the chapters that we feel like we're stuck in for a very long time and sometimes that does happen I'm thinking of a picture in my mind, Debbie, and maybe you are familiar with this picture too. I know I share this uh, image a lot when I talk because there's a book that I read, I don't know, 10 or 15 years back, and it really struck a chord in my heart when one of the main characters in the story walks over to a garden and can only see from the top of the garden down, Right. He can only see all of the twisted uh, brambles around him as he walks through what looks like a very unkept garden uh, there's weeds and there are places he can't get through and there are thorns and he thinks to himself why am i in the middle of this garden there there is no beauty in this garden how can we even call this a garden at all And then this individual, this main character is given a different perspective. He's taken to a higher place where he can look down onto the garden rather than kind of walking through the garden. And he sees that over top of all of these twists and these turns and these brambles and these thorns and these places that look unkept are actually these beautiful budding flowers and bright colors and beautiful, vibrant leaves. Like nobody can see all of the mess that's going on behind the story, all that is evident to the rest of the world is the beauty in the story. But what the main character could only see were the brambles and the twists and the turns and the things that look difficult and the places that were difficult to navigate. I feel like that's a picture of my life in a lot of ways. I'm sure that our listeners also would feel that too. It's easy. Sometimes when we're in the middle of it, we're in the middle of the tough parts of our story to think, that there are beautiful flowers being seen, or beautiful places that we have yet to walk through when all we are experiencing are thorns. But as we go through this uh, lesson today, this episode today, I think that what we're gonna see is that these difficult places, these rising challenges that all lead to a place where we come to a new understanding all of these difficult places are for purposes. In fact, many times when we're going through the hard times, we feel like things are being taken away from us, like we're losing something, like a challenge has, has robbed us of something. But if we look at it from a heavenly eternal perspective, the difficult times in life are actually here to give us something. You know, as we shared last uh, time in our episode, our first episode in the series, I am really excited that this book that I've been working on for many, many years now is finally going to be published. And it's interesting because it deals with a very challenging time in my life. I certainly could look back at that challenging time that dealt with a a pretty significant robbery and feel like I lost something because what I used to have in my hands, I have in my hands no more. But when I look back at it now, I can see the flowers. I can see that actually my hands are quite full and while I may have lost many things that were material I certainly have gained in this rising action a whole lot of new perspective and a new understanding of Jesus uh, when I look at it from a different perspective you know the author
0: of our story of our lives is the father and he has had his eye on each of us before we were conceived through every single moment of our moment today And then all the way through eternity and that is there's one thing for us to hold on tightly to is that the father makes no mistakes and he uh, he sees the whole picture And in those places the rising action where there's conflict uh, he's there and he's there and he wants to communicate to his children he never wants his children to feel like they've been abandoned and on the times where things are wonderful right where things are going smoothly and uh, you feel like every day is Disney World, you know, type of feeling. Uh, he's there too. And he is speaking to us in a different way, right, in those really good seasons. I look back at the Israel uh, nation and in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right, everybody loves this verse um, because they think it's just such a, it is such a great promise of hope. But when you understand the fuller picture of, you always want to look at scripture in context, because context is key it helps it helps actually make this verse that much more significant Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. God says for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future I mean how many um, how many people have turned that into a craft to put, to put on your wall you know it's a it's a <laughs> wonderful wonderful Scripture And I don't want to take away from that, but it was written to a people who had just been sent to exile for 70 years. And God's telling, if you read the verses around it, he's like, look, this is where you're going to be for 70 years. Well, I'm 53. 70 seems like a long time to be told at this point for 70 years, you're going to be in exile. Somebody else is going to be a master of your situation, going to be calling the shots. It's going to be hard. And then he says, build a house. Have your families, plant your plants because you're gonna be here long enough to harvest 70 years worth of harvesting. You know, settle down in a place of exile. Now, that doesn't sound very appealing. And if this is, if I'm the chosen people of God, he wants us to follow him and and follow no other, and he's telling us this is what's gonna be happening in your life, I don't know about you, but I would like to know how quickly I can exit. You know, it's, that's not a, an enjoyable uh, chapter that I want to read. This chapter is going to take you uh, three years to read. Uh, I don't think I'll put the book down. <laughs> but in that place, in that place of saying you're entering a hard season, I am right here. And he speaks hope to them. He says, I have a plan. I know the plan. I know the storyline already. I know that you don't see it. I know it. I see it my heart towards you my plans are to prosper you and not to harm you and you're sitting here listening to that going really Mm, i mm. i just don't see how that plays out i have a plan to give you a hope a hope is an expectation of something that's going to happen and a future that i don't know about you laura but that understanding of the context rounds out this verse in a whole new way even in our darkest nights right when you don't see what's happening you don't understand what god is doing he says there's a hope and a future for you this story is not over it does not end in the dark night because for the believer the end comes when we enter heaven and truly that's actually just the beginning Right Amen. of the rest of eternity. So you know, everybody, everybody's going to have different levels of hurt and ache in this world. Some people have had a whole lot more than others, but nobody is exempt. Nobody is going to be able to escape the hard times.
1: Amen. You know, as I as I remember being an elementary school teacher, Debbie and I, I definitely had strengthened my English skills by then, uh, teaching plot line and teaching conflict and how to write a good readable story that people are going to want to read as i look back on um on everything that goes into writing a story and how to teach that i think this is one of the reasons why i love the word of god so much (laughs) it is everybody starts okay let's face it genesis starts out with a conflict right There is a major conflict going on. Sin enters the world. Adam and Eve, you know, sin enters the world through man, through Adam. And here we end up in a situation where we have, boom, a conflict. And it is rising action, rising action, struggle after struggle after struggle, until finally, right? there's a turning point right the messiah comes now the interesting thing is the messiah comes it's a huge turning point because the opportunity for that original conflict that came there's an opportunity now for that to be uh dissolved right gone away there's a way to to live victoriously even though we were born into that sin nature now After that, there is still more conflict, right? Because that turning point is something that is actually leading to an eternal turning point. So the Bible is this amazing story of conflict that is not going to be fully resolved until we reach eternity. But inside of this grand story of God's grand plan are how many individuals going through their own challenges experiencing their own conflict having their own uh rising action that will take them to a turning point and then lead them to a place of victory as i was i was reviewing plot as we were preparing for this uh episode today i was just curious about some things about plot and when i looked it up i i was surprised to see that there are 1462 different types of plot right that's what Google says 1462 different plot types I would have to say that that may be true of literature and how things are written. But when it comes to the grand scheme of things in our lives, there are as many plot types as there are individuals that God has made. Because while we were all going through a similar journey, each one of our plots is going to look so much different. Now when you you look at a story, we know that um, anytime a story grabs you, it's going to start out with a, a big conflict. It's funny because I think it's all perspective. When we read a book or maybe you've read a book like this and it starts out with this boom, right? This hard time, this challenge. I will I will immediately say, this is going to be a great story. This is going to be a good book. But in my life, if I all of a sudden, boom, experience, I'm on the verge of something new and boom, I experience a great challenge or a great conflict. I have to say, honestly, I say, this is going to be a terrible story. Like how in the world am I going to get through this chapter of my life? It is a totally different perspective when we're reading somebody else's story and when we are living it out ourselves, I love. Uh, recommending books. And and I know Deb, you do too. And the one book uh, series, uh, it's called Voice in the Wind by Francine Rivers. Oh, that was another, that's one of my other favorites. I love it. And you know, when I first started it, chapter one was all about the gladiators. And I'm not giving away anything here because it's just chapter one, but it's all about the gladiators and how the Christians were so uh, brutally, right, treated in that first century church time. And I remember reading that chapter thinking, A, I don't know if I can keep going on because this is so, so tough, but B, if it's going to go up from here, this is going to be an amazing story. And I read them all the way through. And if you haven't read them, if you're listening and you have not read them, Debbie and I both recommend that series to you. It's an amazing, amazing series. You will learn a lot about what the uh, Christians had to go through all that time ago, and you will also learn a lot about God and how he keeps us through our struggles. So it's just interesting, our perspective. I'll read a story like that and say, best book ever. But then I live it, and I say, whoa, can we not have this chapter? I
0: I do love that series. I've read the whole series three times. (laughs) I believe it. I have three times. That was back when I felt like I had more time to read but I'll tell you why I love that because it changed me mm-hmm. I learned about those early Christians and I don't think any of those early Christians would say boy this has been a really good day yeah you no know? maybe they did maybe because they were seeing dead people come back to life and they were seeing all these miracles but it was hard I mean these were about martyrs and about uh, the persecution that you that they were enduring because they stood up for their faith yep when you are living that kind of story it, one perspective might be look what you lost but on the other side they would say but look what we gained amen you know they gave up their lives and they gained Christ and they gave eternity, eternity so one of the valuable things that comes in those rising action times of our lives is what you do gain the enemy and the world tries to tell you it's not worth it look what you're losing But that's where we need to keep our eyes on the author listen to what he's saying he has really good moments really good truths that are going to develop us and bless us Mm -hmm. and also reveal what he's really like in the midst of the hard place so we're gonna actually run through a couple things that we've we've talked back and forth about hey how have we grown what's been good what have we gained in the midst of the of the hard I think number one is we are allowed to uh, not allowed to we are able to identify with other people when we're in the midst of those really hard seasons. Uh, you know, have you ever had somebody after you've shared your story about something hard, they look at you and go, "Look, I'm really sorry that you went through that, but I'm really inwardly glad because i I feel like you understand uh, what what I've been feeling. Uh, we can't give comfort truly in the right way unless we've been comforted Mm -hmm. you know we can't talk about finding peace in our prayer time and our time of worship when we've been so um upset unless we have experienced it you can't give what you what you what you don't have yep i think of probably one of the number one things i i look back at a hard time that my breakdown at 22 uh, which i've shared with you it's the time where i found really my identity and um that place of acceptance my purpose rests in my relationship with christ and not uh, on appearance or performance or people's opinion to me that was a turning point for me a life-changing turning point now how has god used that since then well just on two fronts um, i tend to gravitate towards ministry to women and i have not really met many women out there who have a strong handle on feeling Comfortable with themselves, it's a major issue for women. So it's nice to be able to, you know, they they're only meeting me now in chapter eighteen. They mm-hmm. weren't meeting me in chapter two when I was a mess. And it's nice to be able to listen to them share, and then say, "Can I share my story with you?" And boy, it changes yep. the dynamic of that conversation. The yep. other thing I see this play out in, and I'm grateful for this. My husband owns a business and he's an entrepreneur and we tend to um not socialize but like from a business standpoint we have a lot of business gatherings with a lot of other entrepreneurs and their wives and there's a lot of pressure on in that industry in wealth management of appearance the appearance of Mm -hmm. prosperous and and how successful are you and women are Absolutely impacted by their husband's jobs or perhaps they're the entrepreneur So we spend I'm kind of laughing because all of those meetings this year were canceled. So normally yes. <laughs> normally, <laughs> yes. I'm in a crowded room of hundreds of people who really do live under a tremendous amount of pressure to give an appearance of success mm-hmm, and How I handled those gatherings in my early 20s is so different from where I handle it today in my 50s, I'm grateful. What I gained out of that hard falling apart time was a confidence that's not rest on circumstances and I can just be myself amidst that crowd of, of women who feel a lot of that pressure.
1: Amen. You know, there are a lot of times I can look back on as hard times in my life and having had experienced victory in different areas, God definitely uses that as an open door Uh, to minister to other people or to share God's love or point people back to him, but there is nothing. uh, You know, one of the hardest seasons of my life was uh, waiting for a child in that time of infertility. And I, I cannot tell you the number of times in the past, what now, 20 some years that people have called me, contacted me, asked me to speak to a friend or a daughter because they know someone who's going through such a similar thing. It's interesting how the most painful time of life um, can be one that God uses when you've experienced the healing, when you're on the falling action, right? When you're toward the conclusion of that chapter, how God will use that so that you can identify or other people can identify with you. Because... Uh, There are some things that I am in my 50s now and most of these people going through things like this are considerably younger than us. We may not have a lot in common in the regular, you know, in the grand scheme of things. I'm a grandmother now, but I can easily go back to that chapter and feel those emotions again and identify with the people that are walking through those hard things. When my dad died you know, so many of us, right, in this season of life. I feel like I lost my dad. I was 42. He was 67 or 66. I feel that that was a a young age for him to pass, and and I feel like I was on the younger uh, scheme of things there, too. In the past 10 years, I have encountered many people who also have had a parent pass, and the the emotion that I can relate to or identify with them in that passing is different than I ever did before I experienced that pain. So there are these hard times that we go through that while we we definitely, you know, it was, it was a tremendous loss for me to lose my dad, but I can also see how in that loss God allowed me to gain uh, an understanding, a compassion. And how god has used that compassion in my life and in other people's lives as well it's really uh what the the lord says in the bible right he comforts us so that we can be a comfort to other people um it's part of the the rise and fall of the conflict and the resolution in the bible um, and we get to be a part of that. We get to be a character in somebody else's story, a supporting character that, that really is pretty amazing. So we get to identify with, or other people get to identify with us. We get to identify with other people through our uh, times, uh, our hard times, right? Our crisis times, our chapters that are part of this rising action, our conflict. But the other thing we get to do, another benefit to this time of rising action is we get to understand our identify, identification with Christ. You know, Jesus had a very, experienced a very significant conflict, right? He knew when he came here that he was going to be, it was prophesied, he already knew, hated, despised, rejected, killed brutally that there was going to be rising action that he was going to live through. You know, we don't know the rising action we're going to live through, and sometimes I think it might be a little easier that way. Jesus knew the rising action that was ahead. He knew the conflict that was going to happen at the cross, right? He knew what was going to happen there. But as we go through hard times... You know jesus did all of this he went through all of these hard times he lived here on the earth he he walked the road that we walk so that he could identify with us but the reality is that when he walked it all right it's we get to identify with him we get to walk our hard road with him because he has already walked the hard road perfectly like because he went through a rising action a series of significant conflict, because he went through that conflict, um, we can identify with him in that way. Think of the time, I just
0: think of him in the Garden of Gethsemane on that rock, so much angst that he's bleeding through his capillaries are bursting. It's just a tremendous uh, distraught inside. And he knew what was coming, like you said, he knew it was coming, but he made the that daily decision, I'm just going to do what you want me to do, Father. Amen. Right? Amen. I mean, all the way through Jesus' life, he only spoke what the Father wanted him to speak or, or did or went what the Father wanted. He had made a decision that he would surrender to the will of the Father. And that road led to a hill, to a cross. And at any point, he had the power and authority to back out of this. But he continued to say not your will but mine we have when we make this decision to follow christ sometimes you may be feeling like this is not fair i don't want to do this and we don't even know it's coming right he knew and he still continued to walk but but because of his obedience we gain an ability to have a relationship with with him we have, like, what do we gain? We gain a new life. Our, our sin is forgiven. He offers us this gift of a relationship, intimacy with the very author of our lives, the creator. Amen. And it's coming because Jesus made that daily decision to surrender his right to make a choice Amen. be obedient to his father. He, he is the one, the father is the one who is writing our story, our job. Is to daily pick up our cross and to follow him Amen. now when people think you know unfortunately not everybody tells the story of the gospel um, with the with the right pieces of information they say you just follow Jesus everything will be wonderful everything will be easy I know that there is not a Christian out there who would say yeah that's what happened you know just because you have the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of you you have that you've been adopted as a child of god and and he's walking through life with you does not mean you're not going to have those rising point times in your life that are filled with conflict the difference is you have him with you walking through it i think of uh i think of the the new christian right that comes to you so excited like oh my gosh i have this peace i've never had before and life is a bed of roses and you just smile and enjoy, yes. enjoy yes. the moment. Don't tell them, well, don't worry, it'll get bad soon. Right. Like You don't say it. You just enjoy them. You hug them and you love them. And, and you just remind them God is with you through everything. And it's, Amen. you know, not too long after that, that the enemy starts to d- direct his attention at them Amen. and things start to heat up a little bit. Yep. That's a good time to just come alongside that person, right? The sense of community and say, isn't it good to know? that the uh, opposition in your life and the the conflict that you're going through right now this time you're not alone amen he's right here with you Uh, jesus absolutely said you know there's going to be hard times yet why else would he use words like you need to crucify your flesh you need to die to self you know like there's going to be times that you feel overwhelmed and weary but follow his example not my will but yours
1: amen you know he he knew the plot line he knows the plot line and, and even in giving us all of that understanding that when we follow him, we are going to go through hard times. Following Jesus means we are going to go through some struggle. There is going to be conflict in our lives. Now, it's interesting if you continue to follow the plot plan, the next phase, and it's kind of the apex, if you if you remember the plot plan from elementary school, it's kind of a line that goes up. There's a point at the top, and then the line goes back down. Well, the point at the top, uh, one of the ways that we refer to that is the turning point Um, when you're talking about a story plan in English and the turning point is the moment where the heat is at its highest and then things start to settle down it's actually a moment of reckoning it's considered to be a dangerous point and it's something that has to happen in order to bring us to the falling action or the place of peace that is going to be resolved in the conclusion of our story I find it very interesting because how many times have you been on a journey, I think about myself uh, in the story that I share in the book Unshakable about the robbery that we went through as a family. There were many, I, w- I would have thought, honestly, Deb, that night that I entered my house and it was um, you know, so significantly broken into and just glass all over the floor and you, know, police dogs and windows broken and, and you know, ladders coming through my ceiling. Crazy, crazy stuff. I probably would have looked at that moment and thought, this is the dangerous point. This is certainly the turning point in my story. But what I found out very quickly was that was actually just the initial conflict. And there are many times in our lives, I think, where we are going through hard times and maybe we want that to be our turning point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or maybe we look at it and say can things get any worse or any more dangerous and that is definitely where i was that night i didn't think things could get any worse but that was just the initial conflict that led to a series of rising action emotionally inside of me you know my husband and i we couldn't sleep for months um just constantly on edge not understanding what was going on having so many struggles and And then I think actually in my story, probably the turning point was actually two years later uh, where I went to court and faced one of the individuals that was responsible um, for the robbery where there were actually, it was quite a significant ring that was responsible for it. The story is not over in my case because there are still more court cases to come. But that original uh, court case was where I think I confronted face-to-face the one who had taken a uh, part in what had broken my heart so significantly, it was a, a dangerous moment for me. I had a choice to make at that time of turning, right? Was I gonna hold on to that bitterness or was I gonna let go, uh, receive, you know, and give the forgiveness that needed to be given in order to walk away from that and have that falling action to lead to the conclusion where I am today. So it's life, right? Nobody, none of us, Okay. I'm just going to say it. I would not, maybe people would out there read a book that didn't have some kind of rising action. We want to go on journeys with people in our stories. We want to go through um, their stories and see how they are used and sharpened. Rising action uh, creates character development, Debbie. And I see that in my life uh, in this robbery story all of these things, whether it's not sleeping at night, whether it's dealing with fear or trying to comfort a teenage daughter through it, it developed me into who I am. That forgiveness I had to give at the turning action developed me into who I am today. And so while I lost, I certainly feel like I have gained. Now, if we look in the scriptures, one of my favorite, okay, one of my top 10,000 favorite people in the Bible is the woman named Ruth, right, who has a book uh, named after her. And it is her story. It's a short story. If you haven't read Ruth, there's a lot of conflict, a lot of rising action, a great turning point, and it's a short book, right? Take a look at it because it is a great story. But, Deb, you know, we are introduced to Ruth as a woman that we could kind of say is just like us, right? She's a, a, a family woman, she's uh, doing her thing, she's married, she has a mother-in-law, you know, she's got stuff going on in her life, just the normal stuff. She lives in a town with her family, things seem to be going really well. There's actually a famine in the whole country, but in Moab there's bread, so she's got food. There's a lot of good stuff happening into her life when we are introduced to this woman named Ruth
0: and then the then there's a conflict yes, then yes there's a major conflict if you go if you're not familiar with her story in a very short window of time her husband her brother-in-law and her father-in-law all pass away and this is back in bible times where a widow was was left to fend for herself it was a very dangerous uh very dangerous time it's hard enough today it's even that much harder back then because they didn't work outside the house and so when you look at ruth losing her husband she would have then relied on her father-in-law or her brother-in-law and so she's losing her family all in one shot she's left with her mother-in-law naomi who is from a different people group serves a different god and she has a choice to make i mean you talked about you know you you hit that point you had to choose to forgive how am i going to respond to this this robbery to this robber right in court at this moment ruth is in a really important um, crossroads how am i going to proceed she could run back to what she knew what she was familiar with with her family where she's from her family of origin, but instead is that famous passage where she says, I'm gonna go with you, I'm going to, your people are gonna be my, your, my people and your God will be my God. And she leaves what she knew to go into a completely new circumstance, totally unfamiliar. And she didn't have that relationship with God at this point. She doesn't even, she has a relationship with her mother-in-law but it's totally framed in a new setting because now they have been united because of a son he's gone and so it's like the rug has been completely pulled out uh, from under her feet so she has no home she has no money and the story goes from worse to worse that's that you know you feel like is this chapter ever going to end but we know that it's a season
1: absolutely because you can even picture her going from Moab, right? Where it's already bad. You've got three grieving women together, three women who have just lost the most important thing to them together. And now they're going back to Bethlehem. You might think that she's saying, well, it's going to be a hard journey, but when I get to Bethlehem, right, that's going to be the next place on my, on my journey and things are going to get better then. But of course, like you just said, it goes from worse to worse. She ends up gleaning in the fields, right? She's a poor woman in this new place. And finally, she is introduced to this gentleman named Boaz, who is a wealthy landowner, happens to be related to her mother-in-law, and a turning point happens. Now, let's remember the turning point is that place where we make the decision on which way we're going to go. If we go back to a couple of minutes ago, the turning point is a dangerous place, a place of significant conflict that is going to be the defining moment for the rest of the story she comes to a turning point where she decides along with naomi that she is going to go put herself at boaz's feet in the middle of the night really a sign that if you were back in those days right from an ancient hebrew perspective ruth had two choice two options here boaz was going to wake up and accept her or boaz was going to wake up and ruth was going to be in a pretty significant place of trouble So this was not something that people did, right? This was a dangerous situation for Ruth, a daring move, right? If we were watching this on TV all those years ago, we would have been holding our breath. You know, no woman in ancient Israel would have done this. So there's this time where everything comes to a head. If she doesn't live this moment, this dangerous, challenging moment, then she's going to stay where she was and she's going to die in her worst to worst to worst. But if she goes out there and she gives it all she has and she takes the chance, right? And she goes to that place, then what's going to happen next is going to lead her to that place of victory. So if you know the story, Ruth goes out, right? She does what Naomi asked her to do. She lays down at Boaz's feet and it leads to Boaz accepting her eventually as his wife after they go through some, uh, after some rituals or some decisions that need to be made as far as the way things could be done in ancient Israel back then. But here we see Ruth. She goes through the dangerous part of life. She makes it through to the other side. All of her challenges have come ahead and then is the moment of victory. You know, the funny thing about the storyline, the plot line is the part that at the end there is a peaceful ending and it's called the falling action. I think that's funny because I don't think of my uh, good times as falling times, but it's the peaceful time where where we're not so revved up, right? It's more peaceful and then we get to the conclusion. You
0: know that falling action, it's it's like you you're heading this is just such a analogy just came to me. You're heading up that big roller coaster and you're it's it's straining and the fear is gripping and everybody's screaming. And that falling action is you start to do the turn and yep. you look down, right? And you're like excited. That's for a roller coaster. That's why you take those rides. It's exciting. But you're starting to turn to head yep. down where things fall into place. That is back in, we go back to Jeremiah 29. Listen to the verses that continue. God says, and He's speaking to the person who's still in captivity, but they have turned their attention, like, oh, wait, all right, I'm going to build a house going to plant my seed they've determined i'm going to follow what he's telling me to do i'm going to be obedient in this place and trust him not trust my circumstances but trust him you will call on me and come and pray to me and i will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart i will be found by you declares the lord and will bring you back from captivity he's speaking that promise to them in the midst of the hard you know it's like as you're starting to hang over that roller coaster and you begin to like your anticipation is growing there's a shift even in the midst of the really hard chapters of our lives the shift takes place when i'm hearing him i'm hearing Mm -hmm. him clearer than i have ever heard him before and that gives me the courage to keep going to realize that this is not the end of the story he has more coming for me you know I think back Laura to some of the hardest um, uh, rising action times the hard chapters in my life now that I look back on them it is in those seasons where I have gotten a better glimpse of the heart of the father about who he is about his promises about how he views me and feeling protected and feeling loved by him in a way that I wasn't necessarily understanding when everything was going well. You know, there's a quote that says that what he reveals in the darkness, right? You're not really grabbing that when you're in the light. There's something about the light that shines in the dark place that says, and and if anything, it's like being in a dark woods and there's a flashlight. You're focused on where the flashlight is. In those hard seasons, I, I don't know about you, but I'm finding I'm focusing so much more on seeking him. He has the direction of the way out. He can see things for what they really are because I'm not, my visibility is so poor at mm-hmm. the, the end of the day, right? He is so focused on us finding him in the season. That's hard. And that develops a really important character quality of me of dependency upon him. Amen. Your storyline, my storyline, and every listener's storyline is unique. Nobody's storyboard is the same, but everybody has rising action chapters in their lives that when you're in the midst of it you would love to say i would love to fast forward through but he says look why don't you just you can't you don't have that button on your life why don't you just listen to me in the midst of it it's in those important seasons of our lives that we are forming our beliefs it's the place where our faith is strengthened and it's where we rise to the occasion To learn how to die to self every day pick up our cross and live for him that's what's happening in that dark place
1: amen you know when i was googling debbie to to prepare for today to refresh my memory on the plot line that i taught so many years ago there was a question uh that i saw on google you know they give you those suggested questions to research and one was called what one one question was what is a story without a plot called and i thought i want to find out what that was called because i didn't know there was a specific title for that so it says what is a story without a plot called and when i clicked to get the answer it said unpublishable (laughs) the story in my book was shaped around a real life event right real life follows a storyline and because our lives follow a storyline because the lord has put a plot in each of our stories all of our stories are publishable right what does it mean to publish make it public right put it out there get it into writing get it into speaking share it with other people if you've had conflict in your life if you've had rising action if you have come or you are not there yet at a place of a turning point you have a plot to your story your story matters your story is publishable i think that is a good word to end on today your story has a purpose if your story has conflict right we all have conflict and therefore all of our stories are publishable we all have a purpose and the
0: good news is that there are for as many as there are the hard chapters there are good chapters that's right right the ones that we want to read that's right. over and over again and they're good but what makes a book rich are the hard chapters. Mm-hmm. So I hope that you have benefited and enjoyed listening to us talk about these hard seasons and, and the good things that come out of the hard seasons, the hard chapters of our life. At the next podcast, next Monday on Beyond the Building, we are, we're actually coining it the favorite chapters. They're the ones that you love to redo and relive and rethink and talk about. They're good, but they're not the ones that are deeply rich, right? They're not mm-hmm. the That's ones right. where your character develops. In fact... It's in the good chapters that you are more at a dangerous place of stepping away from the Father in the good in the good chapters where you let your guard down and uh, actually become kind of selfish during those seasons of life. So as you uh, are in this, reading this book of uh, story of our lives together, we are thankful for our listeners that come every week and take a listen and share on your pages. We've asked that if you would go to beyondwomensconference.com and post what is your favorite book and why what in what way has this author resonated and taught you a deep lesson that has impacted the kind of person that you are developing your own character what's made a big difference we're sharing some of our favorite books Uh, i will make a note that they do have a lot of the same author Francine Rivers <laughs> Francine Rivers, but um, we'd love to hear from you from our listeners of what's a favorite to you so thanks everybody for joining us today we love you, we pray for you we appreciate you uh, if you've been benefiting from these podcasts we ask that you share it on your page share it with your friend we'd love to build a larger community of Beyond the Building listeners so thanks so much for joining Debbie Kiever and Laura Prano today and we're signing off and saying God bless you